Hey everyone, and welcome to Sincerely Letty. I'm your host, Letty Shoemate, here to bring you truth and knowledge about history, social issues, the hard conversations, and more. So today's episode is going to be less focused on history as the main topic, and more focused on self-care as an adult, and what it looks like to watch your energy and to protect your energy. I know the last few episodes have been straight history-based, and I've talked about some other topics like white privilege and tone policing and things of that nature, but I do also in this podcast want to address what it is to just be a real adult out here in the world trying to make it, because the struggle is real, and also people don't talk about this enough. And I feel like we live in a world right now that's plagued with likes and comments and that is what measures your popularity or that's what measures your worth. And that's not what your worth should be measured by. So yeah, today's episode, Watch Your Energy. Before I get into today's episode, I do want to um, say thank you for the reviews on iTunes. I've had a couple that have been added. Those mean a lot to me. Really appreciate the feedback. Really appreciate how many of you have been sharing my podcast with your friends. Like, y'all, that's awesome. So please, please continue to do that. I do not do this for my own, like, oh, I'm this perfect person who's doing this podcast and I know everything. No, I'm doing it because I want to impact someone else's life. I want to um, give knowledge. I want to make you feel uncomfortable and I want you to think and I want you to think about your place in society and what you're actually doing to make a change or what you're doing to actually dismantle Um, systems that are put into place that oppress people that look like me. And it's awesome that my podcast is getting shared. So yay. Next thing, um, do follow me on Instagram at sincerely.letty. That is my Instagram's page. And then from there, you can also um, go to my blog as well, which is sincerelyletty.com. And I'm actually going to start doing something where I'll incorporate, or I'll have a blog post for each podcast episode as well. It won't be as lengthy as a podcast episode, obviously, but it'll be like an overview of what the podcast episode is about for that week. And also, if you have any questions or comments or topic suggestions at all, please, please contact me. I mean that. I am all about topic recommendations, or if you want a question answered, please email me at sincerelyletty at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. It'd be fantastic. Okay, so moving right along to this past week in history. Each week, I'll be doing a brief synopsis of two or three events that happened the previous week of my podcast in history. Hope that wasn't confusing. Anyway, I'm going to jump right into it. August 17th, 1965. Six days of riots in the Watts neighborhood in Los Angeles ended on this day. So 
what were the Watts riots? I'll briefly talk about this because this can be an entire podcast episode on its own, but it's very relevant to our country today. So August 11th, 1965, okay? LA police officer tried to arrest a 21-year-old black man named Marquette Fry because he was driving drunk in Watts area neighborhood. This is what led to the race riot because you have to understand the background too of Watts. Um, So 50 years ago, Watts was this big mecca of segregation, unemployment, and racial tension. And I use the word mecca there for a reason. Um, And though Watts was legally integrated 99% of students at the high school that served Watts were black, and the school, like a lot of the services available to the neighborhood, was not serving them well at all. So um, Watts was actually kind of the kind of community that needed urban renewal, poverty programs, job trainings, almost anything would help, but this didn't happen. So in the six days of riots that were happening in Watts because of a culmination of various, um, a culmination of various reasons. Yeah, for lack of better words. Um, 34 people died. 1,032 people were injured and 4,000 people were arrested. Why? It's all a result of police brutality. There's also $40 million worth of damages, okay? So yeah, police brutality is not new to our country. And it happened prevalently in predominantly black neighborhoods and predominantly black towns and cities in this country. Okay, next one, August 20th, 1619, which was yesterday. Enslaved Africans were brought to the Virginia colony at Point Comfort on James River, where they were sold in exchange for food. The remaining Africans were transported to Jamestown, Virginia, and sold into slavery. So yes, yesterday marked 400 years since slaves, African slaves were brought to what becomes known as the United States of America. And this is extremely important because I often hear and see this disconnect with time and this idea that this happened so long ago, and that is just entirely not true. If you look at world history and you look at other countries and you look at what they did in 400 years, you'll see that it's really not long at all. Um, and I know that this is a big year too, because there have been quite a few people who have, um, I know Spike Lee is one who has launched a project and some other, um, educational organizations have launched projects about 1619 and the first African slaves, but it's important to know and it's important to recognize because, um, slaves, African slaves built this country and African slaves if it wasn't for them, wasn't for my ancestors, this country would not even be here. Okay, so moving right along from that, I'm gonna also talk a little bit about this past week in our current country's situation. Because 
what else do I call it at this point besides a situation? Okay, so we found out that Daniel Pantaleo, the white officer who put Eric Garner in a chokehold, which resulted in Eric Garner's death, has been fired. Yay, he's been fired. Where was this five years ago? And also, he should be in jail. So, let me get into that a little bit briefly. And I'm going to be as brief as possible, hopefully in less than three minutes, y'all. Um, so, Officer Pantaleo, okay, he murdered Eric Garner on video. Okay, there's actual evidence of this. While Eric Garner continuously said that he could not breathe. Not once did the officer stop choking him. Not once. Not once. I mean, and people want to argue this all the time, and they're like, that's not what happened. I'm like, yeah, there's like a whole video showing what happened. So, um, also, the media is really frustrating me because verbiage is very important. And the media knows this. The media has always known this. Okay, this is nothing new. But it's very frustrating to me because news stories keep saying Daniel Pantaleo was accused of placing Eric Garner in a chokehold. Accused? Um, he did it. Like, what are we missing here? Because have you watched the video? Have you watched it? Because it's obviously there. Um... And in my opinion, Daniel Pantaleo should be behind bars. And I, I just, people are still so afraid to say a cop deserves to be in jail. And that is a serious problem. Like, people are so against saying, oh, this cop is a bad cop. Why? I mean, you can say that. Okay? You say teachers are bad teachers. You say doctors are bad doctors. You say... Um, lawyers are bad lawyers, but whenever it comes to police officers, people are so afraid to say it. And almost, and honestly, people say, you know, we've progressed so much, but in reality, today we can watch a video of a black man being murdered by police and people will still find a way to justify it. And to me, this is worse than the past. I mean, we have actual evidence and it still isn't enough for our black lives to matter. You know, I mean, this isn't, you know, 1930 where you find a black man's body being hung from a tree and there's no evidence of who did it, okay? And so then there's no justice for the family. And then that black family also doesn't say anything in fear that if, I mean, who, who are they going to go to? Because people who did it are the ones who run the who run the town, the ones who run the county, the ones who sit in the highest seats of the government. So who would they run to? You know. And now here we are in America today, and you have black men like Eric Garner who were killed on camera, and it's still not enough to put the police officer behind bars, and that says a lot. About the, mil- about the militarization of police, which I mentioned before. But anyway, next thing about our country recently, the current acting director of U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services has proposed a new interpretation of the famous welcome that appears on a placard at the Statue of Liberty. So... <laughs> 
Y'all, whenever I heard about this story, all I could do was chuckle. And I did that because what else do you do? What else do you do whenever you hear so much ridiculous crap that goes on in the circus that's on Capitol Hill or anyone associated with the one who sits in the White House? I mean, this is just insane. Okay, so basically... If you're not familiar with the poem, The New Colossus, um, that is currently uh, a placard at the Statue of Liberty. It was written in 1883 by New York poet Emma Lazarus. And in it, it has a part that reads, Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse of their teeming shore send these the homeless tempest tossed to me i left my lamp beside the golden door okay so you know you hear this and think about it in its context and what emma lazarus is talking about is diversity um, particularly because there are european immigrants trying to come to america and there are also more asian immigrants who wanted to come to america but in context again the year before Emma Lazarus wrote this poem, um, and the year before it was read uh, in 1883, the Chinese Exclusion Act became the first federal law that limited immigration from a particular group. Um, and I mean, I say this to paint a picture for you to see that the New Colossus actually stands at the intersection of U.S. immigration policy and European colonialism well before the physical Statue of Liberty was ever dedicated. Okay, so now you have um, this Ken character, okay, um, the acting director of U.S. citizenship. He basically says that it needs to say, give me your tired, your poor, if they can stand on their own two feet. Okay, really though, like let's really not do that because that just goes back to these um, racist ideas that you have because that's only directed towards brown people. Okay, it's not directed towards any European immigrants or any people who look white who are still trying to come over to America. It's only for brown people who are actually <laughs> trying to escape extremely harsh, harsh conditions and seeking asylum. This is a problem because here we are, okay, with this man trying to basically just rewrite history. That's not okay. Okay, it's not okay. And people are just like going on about their business. And I'm like, let's just really realize what's happening here and what's continued to happen in the White House for the last, oh gosh, the last three years. It's a circus, y'all. Anyway, I will get off of that because I'm not even going to get into that conversation today. Nope, I'm not. Because, see, I'm in a really good place today, and I don't want that to be disturbed. And <laughs> I also believe that that can be an entire podcast episode on its own. So, like I was saying before, today's episode is going to be more focused on like adult self-care and what it means to watch and protect your energy. It's something that I've had to really learn over the last few years 
I mean, I'm 31 years old, and um, I really started to hone in on this a lot whenever I turned 27. And I distinctly remember 27 because it was a big transition year for me in many ways. And it was a time whenever I isolated myself and I was really listening to God and I was really trying to figure out what in the world was I doing? Like, why weren't things working out for me? Like, I was going through some friendship stuff. And I just realized that there's not enough people who openly, I mean, okay, hold on, let me back up. There are people who do talk about self-care, yes. But I believe that there aren't enough people who are transparent about it consistently. And I say that because, you know, right now we're dependent on likes and comments and posting a picture and making sure people see it. And a lot of this, especially for younger generations, it gets, um, or the younger generation, is it gets wound up into self-worth. And I see that as being problematic because I worked with middle and high schoolers before and a lot of them do see things on Instagram and if someone likes their picture, they see that as what they're worth. You know, I would teach them that you're worth a lot more than an Instagram like and comment because you look at other people's pictures and you don't know what in the world was happening before and after they snapped that picture. Yeah, you may see a girl smiling and laughing, but you don't know what's really going on before and after that picture was taken. You know what I mean? Anyway, I made a list of things that came to mind whenever I would think about protecting energy and watching energy and just being mindful of who you allow into your space. So, I'll just jump right into it. First one, no is a complete sentence. I used to see this all the time around social media. I saw it on Pinterest, like pretty little quote graphics, and I was like, no is a complete sentence. No. Okay. So, like five, six years ago, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, but if I just say no to someone that's going to hurt their feelings. Oh, if I just say no and don't give them any explanation, they're going to think that I'm not their friend or they're going to think that I'm trying to avoid them or they're going to think that I'm being a bitch. Okay? I mean, that's what I would think. Well, I don't think that anymore. (laughs) I just don't. can't tell you all how many times I just say no to people and that's just it. Because you don't owe everyone, you don't owe anyone an explanation for your life choices and what you choose to do and what you want to do with your time, period. And coming to terms with this also required me to do a lot of growing up. And I feel like I really started understanding this quote fully um, about three years ago when I was 28. And I feel like it's still one of those things that I tell people constantly, especially friends of mine that I hear that are like, well, I just don't want to hurt this person's feelings. I'm like, yeah, but you're not. You are looking out for yourself and having to justify what you want to do to people, that in itself is looking for their like approval of your life decisions. And that's just not necessary. Also, 
it's exhausting trying to explain things to everyone all the time, okay? And yes, I definitely do it. And there are days and there are times that I still struggle with this. There are times I'm still like, oh, I need to explain to them. And yeah, you should do that with some people because they're your friends or if it is something pertinent. But also, if you don't feel like going out because you just don't want to go out, no, just no. Or if you don't like something and you don't agree with something, just no. Um... And that, in turn, also teaches people how to treat you as a person. Next thing. One thing. (laughs) This one. Listening to people complain about the same thing over and over again. We all deal with this. You know, like, you know those people who will just complain and complain, and you'll give them advice, and then they still don't take your advice? And they come back to you in two weeks with the same problem. You know, I'm just like, why are you doing I've told you, I've given you my advice. You didn't take my advice. And now you're back with your same problem. And now you want me to see you as the victim. I don't see you as the victim. You haven't made a change. Yes, change is hard and change is not going to be easy. It's not supposed to be. But... Also, people who complain about the same thing all the time and they don't try to change their actions, that is exhausting and it drains energy from you. At least that's how it is for me. And also, people who complain all the time, that, how are you that negative? Like, do you not have any positivity in your life? And I feel like whenever you surround yourself with people who are like this, it starts to feed onto who you are and it starts to invade your space. This has happened to me before. I've lived with people before um, who were negative and in turn made me negative. And the only reason why I knew that I was becoming like them is because I'd have other friends who are like, you seem a little different. I didn't even realize it, y'all. But it's so easy for negativity to take over who you are as a person and it's just important to protect your energy and your space of people who want to complain all the time giving advice to people who don't value your feedback this goes hand in hand with like what i just said like why keep giving advice to people who aren't willing to change and I know we all have experiences with that too because i'm sure if you're listening to this podcast you have friends And I'm just like, you know, over the last three years, I've definitely had some friends who um, I would give advice to and they would like get upset with me because I was being honest with them. And I'm like, I'm not going to sugarcoat things for you. If you ask me for my advice, my honest advice, I'm going to give you my honest advice. And if you don't want to hear that, that is not my problem. I don't say it in a mean way. I say it from a loving place. I say it in a setting that's very uncomfortable. I say it with body language that's neutral. You know, I'm very aware of how I interact with people because I have to be. Um, I have to, let me go into that for a second. I have to be because I am a black woman. So, 
I've grown up understanding what body language is good and bad and how body language affects me as a black woman and how it affects how I'm perceived. So in turn, I take these same, the same knowledge and apply it with everyday life. So yeah, I mean, I've definitely given advice to people and then they were upset with me and I'm like, okay, well then don't ask me for advice again. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat stuff for you, especially if I love you as a friend. That's not what friendship is. And I believe that if you're going to have friendships that you give your energy to, these friends also need to be mindful of that. Um, if that's who you choose to be. Next thing, unhealthy dialogue with unhealthy people. That's pretty straightforward. <laughs> and I've kind of just said that as well in my previous um, bullet point. But yeah, I mean, misery loves company. And some people just don't want to see you happy because they're not happy. And yes, that's unfortunate. But you can't fix people and you can't change people. And if you do try to fix and change them, and that's just going to continue to drain you. Um, this doesn't mean not to help people and not to be there for people who need you in their time of need. That's what you have to figure out for yourself and what's best for you. But as far as energy goes, this is just me speaking here. Mm, I've had my share of misery loves company kind of people, and it's not fun. Um, I saw this quote actually on Instagram and I forgot who posted it, but it was in this really pretty font, bright yellow and fine and stuff. And I was like, I really like this, but it said, never dull your shine because others can't deal with their reflection. Isn't that good? I'm going to read it again. <laughs> never dull your shine because others can't deal with their reflection. Right? That's good. I was like, this is right on time for me and my life because this is something that I personally have dealt with the last few months. Not necessarily with like another person, but just with life in general. Like trying at time, at times I found myself um, trying to make myself less of who I am for other people's comfort, once again, happened a couple of times this summer. I was also going through some more things, but you know how that is. So anyway, but really though, like don't minimize who you are because someone else isn't confident with who they are. And this also is something that can dramatically affect your energy because if you have this confidence in who you are and then you get around this friend and then you're like, okay, well, I can't talk about my achievements with her, with her there because she'll get upset. Or, oh, well, I can't really discuss my future plans with her because she's in a really hard place right now. Yeah, but also I have friends that aren't where I am and I'm not where some of my other friends are. And that's okay. But the point of friendship is to build each other up and to be there not to be jealous of what someone else has that you don't have. And I honestly also believe that adult friendships and how hard they are is not talked about enough either because they're really freaking hard, all right? I wish now that I could go back to fourth grade whenever all that a concern was was who I played with on like the playground and 
the little small cliques in school and not dealing with maneuvering grown people who you're trying to communicate with while you have your own life and they have their own things and they have their walls up and yeah adult friendships are hard all right and maybe this is more for women than it is for men I'm not even sure but all I know is it's been real out here for me because recently though I've been very blessed with being able to build bonds with people who do want to build me up and do want to see me do well and I want to see them do well and we also have this shared understanding of a value of friendship and effort that it takes to maintain a friendship and why this is so important and crucial because you need people and I know that that's not something popular to say and I know that's something that sounds um like you're I don't know a weak person but you're not you know, it's nice to have people to go to, to talk to, and to give you feedback. And yeah, I mean, companionship. You know, friendships are important. Next one. Some people in your life are in the VIP section, and all they do is take, take, take. Escort them to the regular section. Rope off your VIP section with some serious reinforcements. Yes, that one is necessary as well. Why is that so necessary? Because a lot of people will just take from you and give you nothing in return. Boundaries are extremely important in our lives. And I think about this in a biblical sense as well. At church last month, our pastor was... Um, preaching about boundaries over busy and it was really really good because he gave a new context to or a different viewpoint to Proverbs 4.23 which basically says that everything flows from your heart Um, but you know the Bible doesn't say to open your heart to everything and everyone nope doesn't say that at all but the Bible does say that you should have boundaries for your heart because you are responsible for your heart. And it's important to, re- to reflect on and recognize what you are allowing in your heart and in your space. And there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't make you a bad person because you don't allow everyone to have a front row seat to you. No, that's how it's supposed to be. That should only be reserved for certain people. The people who show you that they matter in your life and show you that they are serious about your friendship. Next thing, stop chasing after people and being the one to always fix everything. It's mentally and physically exhausting. Now, let me stop there though, because if you've done something wrong to hurt like an, like someone else intentionally, okay, well, that's a different story. That's not okay at all. You should definitely try to fix that. But I mean, I remember for me, there were times, you know, a few years ago where I would want to fix things with people all the time. You know, I think back to college days, like circa 2009, 2010 undergrad, okay? Whenever I would always want to fix everything with everyone and make sure that all the friendships were okay. No, mm -mm, you don't have to do that. You don't need to do that. That's exhausting. That's draining. 
especially whenever they're not even doing that too. So no, like don't be the only one putting in effort. You'll just end up losing yourself and people will go on about their merry way, see? And then you'll be the one still sitting there by yourself. This one is obviously self-explanatory. Stay away from people who drain your energy, all right? Doesn't mean that you can't be there for people, but be very conscious of who you're there for. And also it goes back to what I was saying earlier about people who complain about the same thing and being negative. Like, don't let that drain your energy, all right? I saw this on, I think it was either Instagram or Pinterest. And it made me take a step back, but it said toxic people are not the problem. Allowing toxic... Allowing toxic people to have keys to your spiritual and emotional house is the problem. And I was like, that's really good. Then I had to read it like two more times to really think about it and marinate on it. But it's so true. You know, yes, there are toxic people out there, but it's up to you what, who you allow into your space and who you allow yourself to give your energy to. And yeah, it takes a lot of discipline and it takes a lot of like self-worth to be like, okay, you, you, I'm not going to give in to this this time. I'm not going to continue to allow myself to be around this person. And it could be because of a season in your life. And also who's toxic for you may not be toxic to someone else. I definitely realized that. And I definitely told one of my friends Maybe it was this year or like late last year. But I remember talking to her and saying, your devil is not my devil necessarily. (laughs) Okay, because I've definitely seen where I had a friend who was like out to get me and was being very conniving and then they were not that way to someone else. And so it's important to recognize that too because all that goes back into energy and exhaustion and it also can make you reflect on who you are as a person and affect your self-worth. So don't let it do that. Next one, have the courage to be disliked by people. You aren't going to be for everyone. You aren't supposed to be. Wow. And I know, I know I said, wow, and y'all are probably like, that's not that deep, buddy. But think about it. Have the courage to be disliked. I mean pretty sure that the automatic thing most of us want to do is be liked by people, right? Right. See, I've had to accept the fact that not everyone's going to like me. They're, they're just not. Especially because I'm the person who stirs the pot with both spoons um, with any social issue, any race issue, and I know people are not going to like me, but I'm not here for them. Okay, I'm not here for them. My calling was not given to me by them. I had a God-ordained purpose before any of these people were here and before any of them have had any kind of opinion, okay? And that same thing goes for you. Um, Always remember that, you know? Like, your calling and what you're doing here and your purpose, they were given by God. And people on this earth are not Him. And I believe that we can all get really caught up in wanting to be liked and wanting to not upset someone else, but not everyone is going to be for you and you're not going to be for everyone. And I, it's, it still takes me, there's still days that I have to remember that. 
There are some days I have to constantly remind myself of that because we're all flesh, okay? And we're weak. You are not required to set yourself on fire to keep others warm. Pretty sure I posted that on Instagram like over 10 times in the last like three years because it's at one point like you don't have to make yourself burst into flames basically in order to satisfy other people. Nope. And last one I'll talk about is this Audrey Lord quote. And if you don't know who Audrey Lord is, I want you to Google her because she was a phenomenal black feminist. But she said, if I didn't define myself, I would be crunched into other people's fantasies for me and eaten alive. Wasn't that good? I'm, I'm going to read that one again too. If I didn't define myself, I would be crunched into other people's fantasies for me and eaten alive. That's really good, and it's really deep. And I actually sat here in my office, and I thought about that for a good long while a few months ago. I actually did a blog post on Audrey Lord and, rest her soul, Toni Morrison back in February of this year. And that's one of the quotes that I put in my blog post. <laughs> um, because it really does mean so much to me the older I get. And... I realize that I have to live for myself and I have to define who I am because I don't want the world telling me how it's going to treat me. I want to tell the world how I'm going to let it treat me. That makes sense? Like, don't walk through life waiting for people to tell you what you're worth. No. You stand up tall. One of those quotes about the pineapple, stand up tall, be sweet on the inside, wear a crown like a pineapple or something like that. Yeah, really, really cute. But for real though, okay? And it's necessary to always know your worth and to always define yourself by who you know that you are because God did not put us here on this earth to be ordinary people, okay? That's not what he did. He wants us to be extraordinary because each one of us has a purpose that is only for us, okay? And we're supposed to do something on this earth that only we can do. And it's up to us to actually do it, okay? And that requires not allowing people to put you in a box, okay? Because it's hard out here. And I'll be the first one to admit to you, I have days of some serious doubt where I'm like, I don't like anyone and I feel like the life is hard and yada, 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 because we all do, all right? I won't even get on the soapbox because we all have the days. Let's, let's just be real here. But what's important is knowing and recognizing and taking time to really take inventory of who is in your space, who is occupying your time, what's occupying your energy, and what you're doing to actually protect your energy. Yeah, so these are just a few things that I think are really important to understand and I think are necessary and crucial in this thing that we call life. And maybe you'll wanna jot some of these down on a post-it note, perhaps. I used to do that all the time. I used to jot down, jot, wow, jot down quotes 
and put them on my bathroom mirror in college. I should, give, I, should give, I should do that again. I think I should. Because now that I'm really thinking about it, that really did help. Um, but then now I'm like, you know what? Would I just get like toothpaste stains on them on my mirror? Okay, anyway, whatever. <laughs> I hope you all enjoy this episode. Please remember to share. Please remember to review. Please remember to go to my blog. And I hope that you all have a wonderful rest of your week. Until next time.